I think awards sometimes, while it helps, it's not necessarily the only definition of someone's career. Okay, today we have uh, Ting Jie here. He has been the, in the creative industry, filmmaking, for yeah. how many years? I've, uh, I think I've been in the creative industry for maybe 10 to 12 years now. I started mm. being, I, st- <coughs> I, I did a diploma in film sound video in Nyan Polytechnic. And then afterwards, I did an internship at a company called Film Formations, mm. where I also worked with, and of course, the most notable director I worked with was uh, Mr. Lee Tianjin. Who who directed drama such as um, the Pupil, uh This land this land is mine, and he's also made feature films. Uh, he's he actually made quite a few feature films now. Mm. So that is where I started the industry. Oh, okay. So how many awards have you won so far? I think it's not very healthy to measure my career in terms of my uh, uh, mm. the number of awards that I have mm. but I would say that so far uh, most notably mm. I one of my projects uh, this one is called uh, People Like Us the second season it was actually um, nominated at the Emmys in I think 2020 and then I think in either 2021 or 2022 my other short film uh, Prawn Noodles and the Dream was yeah, actually, that one was good, man. Oh, thank you. Mm. And that one was actually in the Academy Award Qualifying Festival. Mm. And afterwards, when I was at Cannes, right, there were also other people who actually reached out to say that they, they did wish that my film was also in their festival, which would also have offered a route to the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. No, not bad, right? So you got yes, a lot of right. accomplishment, right? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, it's so humble. <laughs> I'm no, having a pie now. I, I wasn't. I wasn't like that off camera. <laughs> having coffee, not having a pie. What do you think, humble pie? <laughs> no, I find the awards game very sort of. It's it's a very nice thing to talk about, mm. but at the same time, I think we also need to understand that with these things, it's very subjective. So, for example, for right. Prawn Noodle and the Dreams, right? Mm. It's easy for me to tell you that yes, it's so nice. It was at one point it actually had mm. a track to the Academy Awards. But the reality was also that when I was pitching it, a lot of mm. people also thought that it should not have been made. Why? So a lot of people actually think that it should not have been made because they simply didn't like the story at all. Mm. They didn't think that it was... A, they simply didn't think it was a good story. They mm. didn't like the concept. Mm. So um, I think awards sometimes, while it helps, it's not necessarily the only definition of someone's career. Correct. Previous years, you did this short film about the fixie one. Mm-hmm. How was it, uh? I think the film. How is it? I think the film has been um, done for a couple of years now, and I mm. think the film actually did pretty well. It screened in New York, um, Barcelona, uh, New Zealand. It was even purchased for screening in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and it was placed on the VOD platform. Mm. Um, I think it also screened in. I'm sorry. So it's screen in it's been a couple of years now, so I don't remember. So it's mm. screen it's screen definitely screen in New York, it's screen in Madrid, screen in Barcelona, uh screen in New Zealand. Mm. Um and I think there were also and I think the reception to the short film was actually pretty good. I've been wanting to develop it as a narrative feature film where it mm. would be a story based on the protagonist zoo. Uh, right now, the development is a bit difficult because I'm still sort of looking for the right team to help make this a good collaboration. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, okay, coming to all these films, like, where you get ideas from, actually, to be honest? Where I get my ideas from? It's, uh, it's a very good one. I, I can't even tell you myself, probably. But I think a, a, a sort of, I think a very good, one of the best ways for me is very often I will watch I will watch I wouldn't say a lot of content but mm. I would ask myself what are the things that I watch and mm. I truly feel like I'm a part of it mm. and then maybe from there I try to maybe shape some ideas and start to come up with a story and and I could maybe work on a film that would actually look like look like a, a series or a film that I've watched and I know that I won't be a part of. Mm. So what do you watch? Um, I watch a lot of uh, very different things. So some of the things that I watch is I really love uh, Mandalorian. That's uh, of course the Star Wars series. I also mm. love um, not not all the seasons but that I one was really controversial love communi- Star community. Wars. Star Wars? Well, why? A lot of people hate it. The new one. But I love it. Mandalorian? Not, not Mandalorian. The movies. The movies? I hate them as well. Why? The We are, we are talking about the new 
the sequels, new one. right? Yeah, yeah, the new one. I think the problem with the new sequels was was the it did not have a very coherent strategy. Mm. I think it went in a way that it was quite obvious to I think many people that 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 the that that arm of um, Disney mm. they made it because they knew it was a sure bet anyway. Even mm. if the films didn't make money they would still earn money back from the toy sales, from the theme park rides. Mm. But I think the story was just truly very unsatisfying. Mm. Like which part? Like which part? Well, I think the problem is just that the film is not very memorable, right? Oh yeah, true lah, true lah. I mean, if you Some think, parts I think is very cheesy. Yeah, like if, if you think of the prequels, for example, mm-hmm. the, and the prequel, I mean the, the original one that, that um, George Lucas made back in the, back in the I think the 80s, mm. it was full of so many memorable moments, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also there was this weird part where um, Luke and Leah were kissing each other, which technically is incest. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, for example, if you and think... Then, and then Jaja Binks. What, Jaja Binks? <laughs> He's the most hated character, Jaja Binks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but that's the sequel. Yeah, but, yeah, if sequel. You, but if you think about the prequel, right, there were so mm. many iconic moments. Yeah. There was Luke Skywalker. There, there was, of course, the I am your father moment. Mm. Um, there was also that moment that I remember was very cool where they were on the snow planet and then mm. Luke Skywalker flies in circles around the AT-AT and then he yeah, trips yeah, the thing yeah, over. Yeah. Planet Hoth. But mm. but the new movies gave us none of that. And the problem was just that I think they were just really... I think their strategy was really to ride the nostalgia wave and hope for the best. And mm. unfortunately, it didn't work out very well. Mm. Which is why uh, I would just want to take out uh, some sort of chance to opportunity to also shout out like why I love The Mandalorian so much is because when you look at people like John Favreau, right? Mm. He's an excellent director. He can do TV. He can do films. He's always able to adapt properly to the format. And he is someone who always understands the story material. Mm-hmm. And he gives you something that when you watch it, you feel like you've been you know, on a wonderful journey. And yeah, that yeah, I think yeah, true, is true, one true. of the most important things, which I think those Star Wars films didn't do. Mm-hmm. I think the it's quite nice to see all the different episodes of Mandalorian it's being directed by different directors. Oh yeah, of course, of course. And yeah. I think that's what John There's So many ideas, well. you know, so Correct. many collaborations. Wow, every episode is like totally different and something new. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that through this podcast, I also get a call from Disney to direct one of the episodes of season four Mandalorian. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> what do you think I did so far? <laughs> well, well, this is all about, this is all about publicity, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But okay, cross finger. You win, I win. <laughs> correct, correct. Exactly. Hey, so other, what other movies you watch other than Star Wars, Mandalorian? Other than Mandalorian, um, mm. so I love Community. It's uh, it's a series that was created by Dan Harmon, who is also the showrunner and executive producer for Rick and Morty. Mm. And at one point in time, the Russell brothers who did uh, Avengers Endgame, Captain America, they were also the directors on it. Uh, my favorite classic film is always The Bicycle Thieves. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know about Bicycle Thieves? It's actually, nope. a, it's actually a bicycle story as well. No. So this was a Italian um, neo neo realism era film, mm. where it was about the story of a man mm. who, because he lost his bicycle, mm. and therefore he could not work, mm. and he had to go on a journey with his son mm. to to find a bicycle back so he could find work and repair the house. And it was a very um, moving film. It was actually a very strong film mm. because through the film, you understand the father and son relationship. Yeah. You understand the aspirations of the middle class. Mm. I would actually say it was a film in, ahead of its time. Oh, okay, okay. For me, I watch stuff. I don't know you watch. Uh, <clears throat> Akira Kurosawa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you watch? Yeah. Uh, Akira Kurosawa. Um, Bishamon is my favorite. Mm, I love Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai, I haven't, I haven't watched it because I'm, I'm, I, I'm very torn between watching the, the one that was cut down, or his director cut it seven hours long. I watched the, um, DVD Criterion series. And so, how long was that film? I wow, that one I think three or four hours. They, uh, they have two tracks inside. Yeah. One with commentary, then they discuss about the angles and all that. The other one is Kosong one, just the original movie itself. So I watched I- both. Uh. Also, just as a fun fact for you, some detractors have uh, accused uh, George Lucas of uh, stealing Akira's uh, Akira Kurosawa's films mm. to shape Star Wars. It's not stealing, right? It's inspiring, right? inspired by. It's, it, I, I guess it can be inspired by. How he steal? He, I mean, do you see that 
the, the people inside Star Wars, Luke, Luke Skywalker speaking in Japanese and he becomes a samurai, that, uh, that is what I call stealing. Nah. Well, well, to give you a context, mm. Akira Kurosawa once made a film mm. where this series, where mm. this uh, group of adventurer, this adventurer who mm. was a swordsman, mm. had to go to the castle mm. to rescue a princess. Mm. Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke Skywalker, yeah, yeah. the Jedi, yeah, yeah, yeah. they also learn how to yeah. use swords in space yes, yes. and then they have to go and rinse, uh, rescue this princess. Yes. But so, I will say it's still inspired by... It's still inspired by... But mm. I, I'm not taking sides. I'm just telling mm. you there's this fun fact where they have accused him this of... This one uh, I know. I, I saw the, that some scenes were from there also. Yeah. And some uh, transition also from Akira Gosawa. Yeah. Uh, see, this is where it gets a bit sort of... Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. And then... Uh, yeah la, um, yeah. I think inspired by that, but my personal view lah. I don't know how will people think of it. I I think it's very hard to sometimes say it's plagiarized because like in the history of filmmaking, so many films mm. has been made right. Mm. Um, and I think, I I I think to also be fair, no one actually watches the Star Wars for the most creative and most mm. innovative storytelling ever. Mm, mm. I think back in time it was really a technology, and I think I actually love it so much. But some people actually say that technically. George Lucas is not is not a filmmaker only. Mm. There are people who say that technically, if you want to look at it, George Lucas is actually a computer scientist mm. because he was the one who looked at how do you make use of technology to put all these yes, effects correct. into a film. Yeah, um, which to some extent, I guess, is a bit of similarities with uh, James Cameron and uh, Avatar. Right, mm. you don't go watch Avatar because you want to see the most original story ever mm. you go watch it because you want to see the most stunning visual effects mm. the most cutting edge that you will not see in another film for a while mm-hmm. so I think creativity in this sense it's sometimes the, or- the there's no um, original ideas but ideas actually sometimes is like combining one or two elements into it and it becomes another idea itself Oh yeah, of course, of course. I think the I think sometimes it's a bit hard to say, and especially mm. like we said, we live in an era where so many things have been done already, and also the but the, but still, I think what's very important that mm. a, that people don't emphasize enough is that creativity is also telling the story the way you see it, mm. which might not have been seen by another filmmaker yet. Mm, correct, correct, correct. So, what would you like to see? Yeah, in terms of what? In terms of um, filmmaking, the next big idea. What is the ideal film be like? Uh, is this wait, is this worldwide or from Singapore? Is there a, is there a definition to this or what? Um, worldwide. Okay, we don't talk about worldwide because this is based in Singapore. This podcast, so we based in Singapore. What we would like to see see to be done. I think what I would truly love is for mm. Singapore to put out more diverse type of films. Mm. Um. I, I think I would just love to see I, I I think there are a lot of challenges in the filmmaking industry in Singapore but I actually mm. would truly love it if people can just get creative make different type of films be a sci-fi film a space film I think that's what we actually need to embrace that's mm. this part of creativity I think mm. creativity when you understand is very often chaotic mm. it's not something that you can channel into saying we are going to make XYZ to get ABC awards mm. And I think I think very often, I think what we actually need to do in Singapore is just for people to just be adventurous. Mm. But I also understand that with these things, there's always the, the we the we cost. always have Jack Neil there, but. Yeah, no, I think Jack Neil is uh, to to give some credit to uh, Jack uh. Neil. I think he's also done an amazing job. Mm. If you look at the box office in mm. Singapore last year, the top ten mm. uh, the top ten films that made the most money. Mm. One to nine was the Ameri- were the American productions like Doctor Strange, mm. uh, whatever is it that Marvel really is. Mm. And then number ten, we have Jack Neil. So, mm. but I think we are a easily satisfied audience, locals, Singaporeans. I uh, think we are. Uh, what, uh, can you could you please elaborate? My like, turn to become the interviewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> because I think that uh, a lot of things uh, we have not seen, we have not heard. Because we we are tiny red dot, so um, things like uh Jack New movies we oh top ten you know we let's go watch. But to me I'm 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 not nah, not my cup of tea. I okay don't know. okay I no no okay mm. uh, no I actually agree with all things that you are saying and to mm. give you a context. But I think it's also sometimes very often it's also about the policy in place. Mm. So to give you a context, right, I was actually in Geneva earlier this year mm. and then I actually accidentally stumbled on a theatre mm. and then afterwards I told my friends about it and then my friend told me 
just to give you a context, mm. in Geneva, mm. we have four cinemas and mm. all of them are independent cinemas. Wow. And and I think that goes a long way because in Singapore, we only have maybe one or two independent cinemas mm. and the type of films that 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 they could bring in could be interesting. It just becomes much harder for Singaporeans to also see it mm. because they are so much smaller when it comes to having the marketing power mm. or just having the accessibility in terms of locations. Mm. Otherwise, no, I think you're right because there are a lot of films that I think are made every year. Mm. They could be amazing films, but we would just never have a chance to hear about them because for the simple reason that it was not marketing to be a big one. Mm. But why? I mean, they, I mean... They should be marketing big enough for locals to support. Um, well, it's all about the budget, right? It, mm-hmm. it's, for example, it's very hard for you to say, like, how many companies, how many directors do you think could have a marketing budget that that could measure up against Disney's, for example? Mm-hmm. So if Disney is going to release four films this year, how are you going to market in such a way that that is going to be mm-hmm. bigger than theirs and it will get as much attention and eyeballs? Very, I think very often... Well, there are definitely creative solutions. Resource is always also a sort of a bottleneck. Mm, correct, 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 correct. So, okay, but to give you a context, right, this is one of the films that I actually really, really love. And mm. and I also really do regret that um, not more people in Singapore have seen it, but it's not Singaporeans' fault. Very often, it's just got to do with the marketing. Mm. Uh, and like I said, when we only have I think we only have very one strong independent cinema in the sh- in the form of the projector. Mm. There's also only that much they can do. Mm. So I actually absolutely love this film called uh, Another Round, mm. and I and I love the story premise. It was so the leading actor was a uh, Mads uh, Mikkelsen. If you mm. remember, he was in Rogue One. He acted as mm. the dad. Um, mm. He was also the villain in the first Doctor Strange film. Mm. And so the story, right? It it was about four middle-aged men mm. who are going through a midlife crisis, mm. and to and to get over this phase. These four men mm. who are teachers mm. think that the best idea to get around it is to together drink an X amount mm. of alcohol mm. before they go to work and to hold themselves sort of accountable. They will take a breath analyzer test to say that, yes, we drank enough. What the fuck? And, and then, right, <laughs> for the purpose of making it sound like they are on a scientific endeavor, uh. they actually record all of the all of their intake as if it's a study. Mm. But it was a very powerful film about life as well because you get to see people going through different phases of life. Mm. Um, I think Matt Smithson did a really good job because he was a history teacher. He mm. was struggling a little bit to find the zest in life. And, and through this film, you really get... I think it was a very important film mm. because... You really get to understand the stories of other people. Mm. You you get to watch a very emotional performance, and the, mm. and mind you, uh, the story did not have a very happy ending as well. Mm. But it gives you a lot of, I wouldn't say food for thought, but it was an excellent film. Mm. I think they they were talking about an aspect of life that people don't always talk about, in a way that I truly thought was very entertaining mm. and very uh, cap- captivating to watch. Mm. Okay, so my next question, very personal one. Mm. What's your relationship with your creativity now? Mm, I would say that I'm in perfect harmony. Oh, well done. I like I I I think I've mm. sort of I, I I had to go through tough phases where I think where I looked up to people who were much more experienced, much older, mm. and I and I thought that I always needed their opinion, but I've also reached the phase where I've also realized that actually what all I need. Mm. are the people I collaborate with mm-hmm. and as long as we as a team mm. we we are able to hash out the idea we are able to sort of critique it um, even within our own circles mm. I think we are always going to make a great product because we are confident in our methods in mm-hmm. our communication and we all trust each other mm, okay but okay Um. so what are your worst clients? who are my worst clients? I mean you have a if you have a wonderful team right? yeah but how do you manage worst clients? I think And what are your worst clients? <laughs> I think very often with the with these things, right? Okay, because now we are now we have to sort of separate because on one hand we talk about creativity which mm. is uh which which I see as a separate thing. I have my mm. own stories, I have my own films, mm. my own shows that I want to make. But there's also that aspect of work which I just see purely as work. Mm. And bread and butter la. yeah bread and butter I get paid right mm. I mean you're not paying me to come here today and I even have to buy you a drink mm. 
Basque. Eh, thank you, ha. <laughs> but, uh, but very often I find that in uh. Singapore, very often if I have the worst clients, sometimes I think the right thing to do something is just walk away early enough. I mean, personally, I'm at a phase where I think that my own mental health mm. matters the most. Mm. And very often when sometimes... I'm not saying that the client is always correct or never wrong. Mm. But we need to understand that sometimes with these things, it's just about the communication and expectations. Mm. And if one party doesn't communicate what they're expecting, it just doesn't lead to a very fruitful relationship. Mm. And I just don't see the point. Like It could be a case where perhaps a client... They are just very budget conscious, and they don't want, and they didn't want to communicate it. Mm. It will still lead to many problems down the road. Mm. So very often with work, I just see it as look. It's I think it's like a relationship. There's just sort of no point really dragging it out. You know, mm. if it's not working out, just move on. Ah. Mm, okay. Okay. Hope it's not uh touching any sensitive spots of your own relationships. Yeah. No lah. With I no mean, cats, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have two, okay. right? I have two. I have two cats. And have you sort of reconciled the fact that maybe they're only using you for food and shelter? <laughs> Every day when I go home, you know, the little asshole, meow, meow, you know. Actually, when I talk to the cat, the cat actually responds to me. The cat actually responds to me more than my children. <laughs> oh, that's great, that's great. Because they know clearly you're the source of food. You're the one that's bringing no, no, I, I, I'm not the one feeding them also. That's, they, the thing is, they, they know that I'm not feeding them. It's my wife, but they still come to me. So you're the alpha. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm the alpha. Yeah. Alpha cat. <laughs> alpha cat. I'm the big cat. Hey, why are you talking about cats now? So just now you talk about mental health. So how's your mental health now? Mm, are you okay now? Yeah, I'm okay. Do you need a hug? No, uh, not from <laughs> you. I, I have a I have a I have a top ten candidate of of people I want to hug from, but unfortunately you are a little bit far behind. That's the end of the podcast. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> no, but how? Oh, everything okay? I think right now I'm okay. Although mm. there were years, definitely I had it much worse. I'm, I'm, I'm never um, sort of shy to admit that a couple of years ago there was actually a point in time where I truly did want to actually quit filmmaking. I actually mm. really felt inadequate. I think I remember. Yeah. That period of time is freaking tough for you. Yeah, and I think, I think very often with when it comes to topics of mental health, right? And I mm. find the problem is that in the Singapore context, we are just never so empowered to stand up for ourselves. If you look mm. at in terms of our education system, uh, people want you to be able to solve X and Y problems quickly. Mm. But there is no module in there that says this is how you can tell people to leave you the fuck alone. Mm. Um, it's like one system, but for so many people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, I, but I also find that it's not exactly a system where we empower the individuals here mm. it's more of you uh, empowering the machine yeah just follow 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 everything follow yeah so I, I think that in, but for me I reach a nice point of course mm. it always helps which I say the, which I think is a bit of an issue yes the awards help me in the sense where I become more confident in my work mm. but if you think about it right it's not as if I shot those films for an award mm. alright yeah and even if those if those films didn't have an award does it suddenly mean that I'm worth less creatively? Mm. It's a bit of an interesting thing to think about sometimes. Yes, it is. So I, I find that... And so that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like uh, a couple of years ago, I think there were years where it was very lean, uh, especially when I was a bit younger. I mm. would listen... I would actually take those people that I see as a, a authority figure a lot more seriously. Mm. But these days, I'm just a lot... I'm just in a lot more harmony where I understand that my stories could be valid. Mm. But it's just a matter of finding the right people who will collaborate with me to create mm. the sort of best possible thing that we can make within our resources. Mm. I, I agree with you that work doesn't define us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, um, there was that period of time also. Lah. You know what happened, I told you. There were quite a few dark stories. Yeah, yeah there, dark stories. Uh, dark stories. But I actually went to my boss and said that hey, I'm having uh, mental health issues already about work. But she actually said, uh, "We got so serious." Yeah, I, she's, uh, no, 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 no. I think that's exactly my point about mental yeah. health. Very often, and I find, especially in the context of mm. Singapore, there's the guests like this are mm. empowered, you know, because mm. it's simply because of the way that our system is, mm. uh, which is why I find it's always important, and which is why I'm I can say I'm in somewhat perfect harmony, 
mm. because I'm aware of my value where I stand and mm. very often if someone were to behave like that to me I would just tell them to fuck off mm. um, no but I'm actually quite amazed by your journey as well because you've reached a point where where I think your passion is your livelihood now and it's mm. not even something that I can say for myself mm. um, it's not really my livelihood la, but something that I get to do and the thing is I get to choose to do after work and during the weekends even like this podcast because if if I were to run this podcast in my previous job or some job that really having a lot of pressure, I cannot do this at all. I cannot function at all. So I there there should be a balance, lah. Technically, there should be a balance. Oh, of course, of course. I I think that's the thing that a lot of people. I don't know how many people realize this. Our work truly don't define us for mm. who we are. Mm. Uh, we have a life and a personality. We are just going to work to get paid and so we can pay the bills, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, sometimes at work, it's like people f- tend to forget that and then get emotional. And there are a lot of gaslighters like, everywhere in the office. So when they tell you certain things, you have the monkey brain down there telling you alternative ideas, that things, negative things that you don't want to hear, but it keep on telling you, ah, you're not that good. You know? And then for me, that is like that like, for me. So it, kind of I went to a very dark place like wow I it ov- also overflowed to my family members then my wife was saying what the fuck happened to you and then she needs to sometimes check on me when I'm working from home are you okay to make sure that I don't do stupid things okay okay that's, that's great I, I thought you were going to say that you sent your wife to therapy from interacting no no with you, so. <laughs> she wouldn't send me to therapy she even broke down she broke down she broke down she said I can't handle this anymore if you keep on like that I know she was also having a tough time. So eventually I left la. I left the company. I need to go la because uh, I really cannot handle anymore. Yeah, no, I, I mm. feel that no, which is why I think so important to empower the mm. self because I mean it's not great, but Singapore is not the cheapest place to live in. It's mm. not as if you could move to some village out there. It's not mm. Europe, you know. Mm. Uh so I also understand these things. But at the same time, I think what Singapore is one of the unha- unhappiest places in the world, right? Singapore, yeah. happiest place. Uh? Unhappiest. Unhappiest. Okay. I, I thought happiest. <laughs> uh, well, are you not happy? Huh? Now I'm happy. Now I'm happy. Previously I was like, uh Yeah. You're but, happy because I bought you a drink. Right? No, no, no. Because no? Okay. Thank you very much. Well, how many times do I need to say thank you over this? <laughs> no, because I think I'm in a better place. First of all, I left. So, before that, before before I left, I always tell myself that um, it's no good to quit. You're just giving up. But I think uh, sometimes quitting, it's not really quitting. Quitting is just you want to rest and you go on further and then the other thing is um, I managed to get some help that's why I got life coaching or else I would have been in a very very dark place no no I, I, I agree with that I'm mm. happy you went to get the help also because I think these things are very important and I think especially what the pandemic has shown is that mental health is really very important for all of us yeah. and work right and the interesting thing I think about what we have seen during the pandemic is that mm. the context of what we need to do in the office is actually not as relevant anymore. Mm. There are many ways that employees can achieve their objectives mm. with effective communication. Mm. And sometimes if the managers are not that great, then the problem should be on the managers, not the employees. Mm. Mm. I, I, was, I, I always wonder, can MOH or MOM make it very compulsory uh, for all supervisors uh, to go training to handle mental health? employees uh, well I, I guess technically they can because they can just write the law anytime right yeah. they, they have a majority don't, don't the... just say it like, oh mental health awareness. but you see what my case like that people just uh, brush it off oh we got so serious oh bye it's another day for them but the, I guess the problem is that it's just simply the stance that we want to take as a country because I would say that if you're in some other country mm. and if your employer were to say that to you the union will probably come knocking the next day and you know, say, excuse me, do you say this and that to uh, the member of our union because yeah, then we yeah, like yeah, to have a word with you. Like I said, like, I think it's been quite a consistent team. I think the problem in Singapore is just that we don't empower the individuals. Mm, and it's sometimes to speak up is so paise, you know, that, hey, if I say this, I got mental health issues, is it, will I be judged or what? Yeah... But I think we, we I think the, the sort of, the, I think the very important thing is that for us to recognize that we are all very different individuals with different needs mm. and it's, and sometimes we do need to respect each other. Okay, if you are not to do filmmaking, producer or writer, what will you have done? 
<coughs> it, it depends on uh, the context of this question. Like, uh, can I choose to be born in a rich family and living in Switzerland? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not that. Any optional job you have done? Any optional Alternative? job? I don't know. I, I find that this is one of those very interesting things as well where I actually feel very happy in nature. Like, I love it so much when in Switzerland, the air is clean, the mountains are so beautiful. No wonder you keep emphasizing Switzerland. So... <laughs> I mean, there are many parts of Europe that like that as well. Uh. So if it, if it comes down to... I, I actually love what I do very much, even though there is still a very long journey to go before I reach the so-called destination. Mm. But I would say that if I had to choose alternative, alternatively, I don't know, maybe I could be a chef working in a restaurant that has a farm right beside the place, or I could yeah, be working that, in uh, a vineyard. You're talking about Star Wars just now. That, what's his name again? Sorry. He's a chef also. John? John Favreau? Yeah, yeah, he's a chef. Also. He's he's not actually a chef. Not right? really a chef, barbecue. I think he's barbecue. No, but to, the, to, the, be, the, to be fair, yeah. right, John is crazily talented. Crazy. Yeah. I saw he, he he has this show on Netflix called The Chef Show. Yeah, that one. And one time, one time, right, while they were making the pizza, he actually drew this really big, um, he had this really big drawing. He drew it by hand while they were making the pizza. Mm. And he drew a dragon. Mm. Uh, in the place of a chef who was cooking the pizza in front of the oven. That guy is crazy talented. I actually sometimes feel very ashamed when I see what he can do. No lah. I think that's why I say creativity sometimes is uh, taking one element and with another element and combine, you, it becomes your personal branding is you like Anthony Bourdain. Mm. He's a chef. He can write. But I would recommend you look at that drawing because it's a very good drawing. Uh, it's know, not the stick figure kind know, of drawing I mean, that I would do for you. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is sometimes uh, your personal branding is is how how it forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you become a, a person of yourself, a character of your own, and then people will really look at your stuff and all that. So it's not just like, oh, because he's very, very talented and I'm not. To be fair, I did go uh, through, I also You're so talented, what? Right? No, because, um, for, so for uh. the Neon Polytechnic, right, um, of course, our, our most famous graduate right now was Anthony Chen. And mm. Anthony, right, very amazing because when he was in polytechnic mm. he was already making films mm. and going to film festivals mm. and there was a part of me that was looking at that I actually did think I actually did think to myself maybe I'm not good enough to be a creative <laughs> like when you when, like uh-huh. for example when compared to him right the very uh-huh. first short film uh-huh. that I made uh, my own self initiative uh-huh. short film which you remember was mm. uh, Fix mm. where you put me in touch with Zoo as well mm-hmm. and I did that at the age of 26 mm. so mm. I think you're good enough right? Oh yeah, yeah, I also think I'm good enough. Yolo. Anthony is Anthony, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just that... Can can Anthony paint shoes? Can, can Anthony what? Paint shoes. Cannot, right? No, no. So I'm more talented than him. Does <laughs> does Anthony know where to go in Europe to, to drink wine, right? That, is, that one is a problem. <laughs> but I do. No, no, my point is that I know, I know. So I'm more knowledgeable. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> no, but you, you see, right, it's it's maybe the thing about, about Singapore as well, where... Mm. I don't know what's the right sort of word for this. I guess Singapore is a small place. We all compare mm. to one another. But there was also no one to sort of tell me that we are all moving at own face, mm. our own pace. Mm. Yes, we all are. We all are. After having kids, I know already. All, my two kids, both of them are different. And I am different also. My wife is different also. But somehow, there are similar aspects. Lah, like, um, my son is a bit so, slow. Mm-hmm. I'm slow also. Inherited, so, uh, huh? Inherited. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But then again, I I always tell myself that uh, he's on a journey to discover who he is. I mean, he's only 12. I'm only like 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. C- cannot, yeah. use your, cannot use your own unrealistic uh, yes. life and then, experience. Until now, I'm I mean. still exploring, you know. That's why you see me do this, do that, everywhere. I'm all over the place, but I'm I'm also still exploring. I I like to try things that and then tell myself, oh, this doesn't work. Let's go on to another thing, and I like to explore. No, I think that's great, and that's why yeah. like I, I love that film so much. Uh, another round. Mm. It was this bunch of guys who were re-exploring their lives at the age mm. of forty, mm. and I, I guess it's very interesting, right? Because like how many, I, I mean, I don't know about other people, but. Mm. How many people actually just maybe at some point in time just stop living life, you know, and they just yeah. go through the and they just go through the motions? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's your next move? I think the next move for me is that I, I'm sure as you're aware. So and this is one of the things that maybe I should give a bit more context about. I think a couple of years ago I started to feel that I was having some problems with my career. Mm. I was finding it very hard to feel 
like I was on the right track to doing the things that I want to do, being able to make the films I want to make, don't want to make. And so I actually started going to the Cannes Film Market, and it's been and it's it's a amazing experience because people there they are so open. If you meet another fellow producer and you say that you have this and that problem, they will tell you immediately how they would solve it. It's and I actually really love being in environments like this because it's so empowering. I mean, of course, everyone has their own agenda, but very often people are more than happy to share. Um, my, my next move very much is that I think I would very much love to either make my own films I would love very much to maybe help the people I want to collaborate with bring their stories to life um, that also comes with myself improving as a producer mm. helping people to put them on a path where they could pitch their films gain financing and maybe also working together so they understand how to also collaborate with other people to make a great film I don't say okay, not a great film, but a good film at least. Mm. Some some of these things are easier said than done, but it's I mean to come back to to give you another sort of Star Wars example, right? If you remember um, Solo, mm. where and you remember there was the it was originally a twin director before Ron Howard took over, mm. Mm. and that project just that went a shit right. because mm. the the directors actually fell out the crew, mm. and then there was one day right because they couldn't take it anymore they actually locked themselves in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon okay. until, until the executives <laughs> came down to fire them. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, so now you know, so it's a lot easier <laughs> said and done and to some extent, yeah. I, I, I actually truly see it as an ecosystem. Mm. It's also about myself improving mm. but I also see it as a process where I could be working with the people that I want to work with together. We all improve together mm. and hopefully we can make a, make something good and I think that's the most important thing here. In Singapore, it's very hard to say that I want to make a film that's going to make X amount of money. I think our industry is maybe not ready for that kind of expectations. Mm. But if you look at it as an art, as a creative field, I really hope for that to happen. Mm. I, for that to happen, meaning that we can put out more quality, more different type of quality films. Mm. So should I say that that was a piece of advice for young creatives that want to go into media? Oh, sorry, what's the piece of advice? Uh, like what you said just now. Was that an advice for young creatives if they want to go to the media industry? Mm, if we are talking about finding people you can collaborate with, yes. What about the young graduates? Hmm? What about young graduates? For young graduates? Yeah. Um, I think it's... What if they want to join this industry? What advice do you have? Oh, well, if you want to join this industry, what advice do you have? Mm. I think you need to be prepared that it's going to be a very long ride. Even... I, even for me at the age of I mean, I'm turning 32 in a couple of weeks mm, happy birthday thank you thank uh, you for the ice lemon tea in a couple of weeks <laughs> uh, to, for me to achieve some of the things mm. that I have I also want to emphasize that it's not really mm. normal mm. Um, so those those things should not be a benchmark by any means. If, if you want to come into, if you want to be truly a filmmaker, you need to understand that filmmaking is not a straight line. Mm. You could, you could, for example, have to work in another line of work to pay the bills, or you make the films by the side. I think that's perfectly fine. There's no mm. shame in that. Mm. More, very importantly, very importantly, right? I think what's very important is to be comfortable with who you are, mm. learning how to be comfortable in your own skin, learning how to communicate your ideas your requirements and finding people that you know you can trust mm. and to sort of and this also reminded me of another story which I actually didn't know until very recently so you know right uh, Harrison Ford mm-hmm. he never went to Hollywood as an actor straight away mm. he was working as a carpenter yeah correct and and actually and, and actually there was a, actually there was a very amazing story where someone asked him why mm. and he said the reason is simple it's attrition a what? attrition okay he's seen so many people come to Hollywood mm. they want to be actors which is actually totally true mm. by the way if you um, what's the name of that guy who was on the office I think John Karansky uh, ah yeah yeah the one who <laughs> the the guy the main lead one of the main lead yeah so if, if mm. you and if you listen to his story right he also said that he was going to give up because he was running out of money mm. and if he couldn't get a role he was going to leave he was going to leave LA Mm. And so Han Solo's uh, Han Solo. I mean, he's Han Solo. Mm. So uh, Harrison's fault reasoning was this: I'm going to come in as a carpenter first because this means that I can find a job 
and I can stay here longer than all of these people who have to leave because they ran out of money. All these people who want to be actors and they mm. have to leave because they're running out of money. Ah, okay. okay so okay. I think that was very smart as well. And I think that's me. I think that's something that we don't talk about enough. Where mm. sometimes in this line of work, things could happen. Yeah. You never know when. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, I think it's Christopher Watts. Mm. Amazing actor. Mm. And but the first time he was exposed to Hollywood was I don't know when maybe in his 40s or 50s you know mm. when I started off working in the advertising industry I started off working for free also I really wrote in and said hey please take me in please take me in because advertising advertising industry in Singapore it's um, small right small and then you need to have to have a context to go into that that community and then whoever to get you in so I worked for free for one week and then eventually the art director saying hey come on man I, it's really not right for me to hire you here working for free but I say, I say that I'm willing to slog I'm willing to get unpaid but I just want to get learning experience so he eventually told me to join another company which his friend started and that was where when I get paid no, yeah. that's a great guy. Would you like to give a shout out to him? I cannot remember his name. Dude. It, it, no, I've been working for 20 years already. This guy, I really, really can, cannot remember. Just like how I cannot remember the number of words I have, right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> hey, this better... <laughs> this better not be in the final podcast. <laughs> no, this, this is okay. I'll put it in the podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Then you know that people are going to listen to it and come up with a different interpretation, right? No, no, but I seriously, after so long, I, I cannot remember his name he was working okay it was MNC Sachi he mm. was working for some wow I really can't remember super long time ago really it's like 20 years I, I know an art director from Sachi though it's not Paul right I cannot remember dude is he a Caucasian guy no okay Thomas Young no I don't know I, I don't know maybe you should find out after this show yeah how to find out I don't know Google Go to LinkedIn I, and search Sachi. I don't know. See how lah. Uh. So your parents have any objection on when you started do film? I guess a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, in Singapore, this is not the normal career path. Mm. And sometimes, and also to be fair, let's not even talk to my parents. Even sometimes, even mm. uh, last month, I was asking myself, why am I still doing this? Mm. Oh, really? Why don't I reskill to another industry? Actually, I, I think a lot of becoming a project manager, mm. uh, which I think I could transfer my skill sets. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I, I, it's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is the... Like, we have to be... I also have to be real here. This is a career with a very high attrition rate. Mm. I think I think I was told that even from my diploma, and I think very often in the communication lines, you have maybe X amount of people who go on to do all these diplomas, all these degrees, mm. and not everyone end up having a career in these fields. They probably have to transit or branch yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends doing graphic design to uh, what? Doing stockbroker. <laughs> stockbroker property agent I have friends they, they might be earning more money than you though yeah but but I but you're the happiest guy in the room yes because I I really cannot function that way then. yeah yeah I, I'm not a mathematics person sales person I really cannot yeah as the yeah I don't know I, I truly don't know as well uh, are you a sales person I think <laughs> I can be a sales person uh-huh. But the question is, do is it like the one thing that I'm dying to do? Yeah, it doesn't fulfill the soul. I cannot. Yeah, same for me as well. But it's a problem, right? Because like for us, Singapore is so small. There are so many struggles to do this. But yet mm. at the same time, it's what that we feel happy doing, right? Correct. Mm, mm, mm. Right. Have you ever ventured into China? Have China I, is a big, big country with a lot of media. Mm, I think that's a great question. And I think you, I, I think I, I really, really love it that you brought it up today. Have I... Have I? I don't know. I think there are two things that we need to unpack here. The first mm. question is, am I trying to venture in China? And mm. Am I interested in doing so? Mm. The answer is actually no. Although I can also understand why you're asking that question. Mm. But I think creatively, we need to understand. I think this is the thing that I'm also trying to maybe reconcile with, especially the policymakers. Mm. And that is the, while it's easy to say that, you know, let's venture in China. Let's, uh, you know, they have a big market. 
But mm. the question is also that to our own Singaporeans, are you able to tell a mm. story for the Chinese audience mm. better than the Chinese can? The mm. Chinese people, where Chinese being the nationality here. Mm. And secondly, is that what you want to do? Because you are... Because this line of work is not like engineering. It's not like engineering where... Mm. where I mean, I have no offense to the people who are in construction or whatsoever. Mm. Where I would say that there are methods that can be sort of... Um, transferred like if you're building a house right it's like brick and cement for example mm. but I think in the creative field it's a little bit more different but having said that I'm not saying it's wrong I mean Anthony Chen he's I think he just shot um, I, he um, he just finished a feature film that he shot in China mm. and I think it was shot for a Chinese market so I think that was uh, that is uh, commercially I think it's such a great thing to do mm. but the question is that for me the way I see is also that the Chinese audience they are so different mm. very often what they make is almost exclusively for their domestic audience mm. it it's very hard to travel because it's just catered for the Chinese audience and that is not yeah, necessarily market, what I want uh. to do yeah mm. for me uh, there are, actually yesterday someone asked me this question have, have I considered putting my stuff on Taobao or whatever but I think that uh, the problem with China is that not that I don't understand the language the thing is, I think I'll speak the entire answer in Chinese then. What is this? How do I put it? Uh, why is it Chinese? Oh, it's English. So your Chinese <laughs> not very good. Right? <laughs> I think to make it easier for you, please answer it in English. Okay, okay, okay. Mike, Kiang. Okay, <coughs> my, I see that China is a big market that is more suitable for uh, mass commodities. And mine is custom shoes. So I don't want to deal with a mass order that I cannot handle at all. Because uh, if I cannot handle it, even if I have a lot of money coming in, I, I wouldn't know how to manage it. And the other thing is uh, intellectual property. If I do a custom design now for a customer, for a client, the next minute I'll see people doing the same design. And they are mass made, not handcrafted anymore which I see very jealous. It's a big problem for me. And I believe that custom things, I need to talk to the client. Personally, I cannot just uh, put on Taobao, uh, buy this with UOB card, uh, what shipping. Then after that, use Cai Niao. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of people will uh, pro China. I mean, I have friends who are like that. Oh, you can go to Taobao or whatever. No, big fat no. Oh, you don't speak Chinese, you can't survive. No? Then what about our Malay friends, Indian friends, Angmore friends? You mean they die? Won't what? So I think that um, it depends on what kind of uh, industry we are dealing with. Then we can trade with China. If not... No, I think it's about understanding not yeah. just your industry, but your yeah, own market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your own market. And it, I think clearly for you, right, it's a bespoke service. And whereas yes, Taobao, I think it's like what you said, Taobao is a mass uh, consumer platform. Yeah, yeah. It's not really the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I'm trying to say is like the world, this this not just China. We have the other parts of the world that whatever industry we work yeah. in, that we fit, we can fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I mean, like you wouldn't want to sell a condom in a convent, right? Uh, yeah, correct. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, <clears throat> so right now, do you think do you have any breakthrough for a career? I let's not talk about the awards. Do I have any breakthrough in my career? If okay, mm. if we if small we, gains, small gains. Mm. I think the fact that now I have the courage to make my own film, sometimes mm. with my own money. I mean, it sucks a little bit with mm. my own money. The mm. fact that I'm brave enough to sometimes talk to my own friend and say, "Hey, I have this story." Maybe we can think about making it ourselves and putting it out there. Honestly, I think it's a breakthrough already. It's something I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. So, of course, um, I think I'll just take the opportunity to maybe sh give a shout out to one of my greatest collaborators. Mm. I think Alan. So, if you love Pond Noodles and a Dream, right? Mm. But it might also sort of maybe amaze you a little bit that for this 10-minute film, mm. we actually spoke about it for three years. Ah, okay, okay. Three years because I think I think we were actively trying to get support, mm. trying to do it in such a way where he could have he could have been paid also. Mm. So to give you some context, right? Alan, he the he did not charge me a single cent for his work, for his equipment, because he also believed in the story. Oh, okay, and so okay. that I actually find a breakthrough because if you think about my career where I was mm. always work on commissions, uh, on commission programs, mm. I work for clients. 
to now be in a spot where I'm brave enough to say, okay, I believe in this idea. I'm going to get it done. Mm. That, I, that I actually see as a breakthrough, a very big one. Mm. Where, is, where is his shop? Huh? I just want to <coughs> advertise him. <laughs> uh, who, whose shop? Uh, Alan. Alan? Yeah. Alan is my cinematographer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you talked about the... Yeah, the I know, because shop. the hawker is also yeah, Alan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, confusing. But it was... No, I... But I, I kind of... Uh, I know, so on the set, right? Mm. So Alan, my cinematographer, we call him Big Alan. Okay. And then the other one, he's Small Alan. <laughs> okay, where's the Small Alan shop? Small Alan is in... Small his store Alan. is in Passeries. Uh-huh. But I, right now, he's actually in New York. As part oh. of the... Because he, you know that Sito has this project where he, they're selling hawker food in New York. He's there right now. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But if you, if you really think about it, right, where I feel that, of course, with the benefit of hindsight, we made a lot of judgment calls that, were, that was correct. I think in the third year, I think in the third year of pitching, we pitched to so many people, mm. we pitched to big organisations, we pitched to government bodies. And I think at one point in time, I told Alan, my cinematographer, mm. Mm. Uh, I told him this, I think we need to do it already because this guy, he's getting a lot of attention. Mm. If we don't shoot it now, mm. this story is going to lose meaning mm. in a couple of years. Because because the the way we saw the films that we wanted to do a story of a humble guy that mm. was sort of trying his best to overcome all odds. Mm. And this guy, were, and, and the hawker, right, he was on a trajectory where I think I could see that he's going to find his own success. Mm. So I think it... It was really quite something as well where I think I just told I, we was where I just told Alan, I think we need to do it soon. And then Alan told me and then Alan Alan, uh, my cinematographer told me, Okay, whatever is it that you need for me, I'm gonna charge you. Mm. But can you at least pay the rest of the guys? And I said I said, Fine. Mm. So there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of judgment call at mm. the end of the day and I and I actually do sort of celebrate my own uh, ability to recognize yeah. those movements and to take action on it. Yeah, that's a freaking breakthrough really. Thank you. What's the ideal client? The one who pay little but let you do whatever you want or the one who pay a lot but <laughs> you need to follow very strictly to the brief? Okay, if you if you ask me, I will definitely take the second option. Because mm. for me, I recognize that work is mm. work. If someone wants me to do something for them, mm. I'm not here to create my art. Mm. And I think that my role in the context of someone who might have been commissioned to do X or Y work, be it mm. a film or a key visual project, is to understand what the client wants mm. and 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 they are able to communicate to me what they would like me to deliver mm. to them. In the context of the first option, you do realize it's worse, right? Mm. They pay you very little and then you need to maybe come up with 10 different briefs mm, true, for them true, to choose. True, true. Mm. You do understand that in that context, you're actually losing money. Yeah, that will be like cowboy like that. You can do whatever you want, but then after that, you get paid peanuts. So, uh, thank you, Ting Jay, for coming to my podcast. You're welcome. So, I'll see you when I see you. And thank you for the ice lemon tea. Which yeah. I've said many times. <laughs> it, it's uh, from M5 at um, Dobby Court. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.